Welcome, everyone, to the CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from Greensboro, North Carolina, where Virginia is set to play. As you listen to this tonight, as we record this, it'll be tomorrow night, Notre Dame gets the win over Boston College uh, in a fairly easy um, sort of uh, uh, sort of evening. Um, there was a lot of craziness in the world which we're, we're going to do our best and not focus on. We're going to actually talk about basketball. This conversation, we're doing something a little bit different we thought we'd do with the tournament, um, especially now that there won't be fans in attendance. We're going to try to do some more audio stuff in the preview portion. Uh, I am joined, as always, by staff writer Justin Ferber. How are you, my friend? <laughs> That's an interesting question on a night <laughs> like this. So far, so good. <laughs> I can't complain. Uh, certainly other people are in worse situations, I guess, but Very true. here we are. So, um, we knew, I think a lot of us probably knew, um, or thought at least that Virginia was going to get Notre Dame in this game. Um, what did you take away from what we saw between them and Boston college tonight? I thought for me, um, I, I just never got the sense that Boston college was going to be competitive. Right. Like it, it just seemed like Notre Dame was going to walk. Yeah. All the way home. Yeah, I mean, they kind of got a lead early and didn't really look back. Um, Boston College, I mean, they chipped away a little bit in the second half, but it, they just, on the defensive end, really struggled to get stops. And uh, Notre Dame had a little bit of a lull in the like, earlier part of the second half. But honestly, like you're right. I mean, Notre Dame had the game at hand, never really felt like they were going to lose. I think they're the more dangerous opponent that UVA could have played of the two. Um, and I'm not surprised that they're getting them because I think – you know, they're just a better team than Boston College. It's interesting, right? Because of the two teams, Boston College was the one with the win. Um, right. <laughs> and Virginia had not seen Boston College with arguably its best player. Um, Derek Thornton being available tonight didn't seem to really matter um, for BC. Yeah, he didn't even score. Um, and, the, and then the Irish put, you know, what, five in double figures? Yeah, five players had double figures. They scored 80. Uh, it really seemed like they were getting a lot of open shots um, from where we were. Um yeah, I mean, I don't know. What did they shoot from three? Ten of 25. Which, you know. And if I you think make ten threes, you're probably in a good spot. And didn't Mike Bray say that he thought that they needed to make, when they were in Charlesville, he said something like they needed to make ten or eleven threes. Yeah, I mean, that John Mooney is a good player, and he's a forward, but he's more of a, I mean, he's more of like a stretch sort of forward, and that's how he's going to get his points. And they have a lot of guards that can shoot, and that's kind of the recipe for them. They definitely have a pretty good offense. I mean, like, they have good offensive players and guys that can score. As you saw tonight, I mean, five different guys hit ten. So, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens tomorrow night. But but UVA definitely – that's the sort of team that's a little bit more dangerous for me than Boston College, even though Boston College beat them. You know, it was so long ago. I don't really know what you could take away from that game. Yeah, I, that, I thought Notre Dame, the team that we saw them – where they were, I guess, or how they played, I rather I should say, when they were in JPJ wasn't necessarily the Notre Dame that I saw. Now, how much of that is, you know, as Tony Bennett likes to say, well, you know, we played good defense, but the other team just missed a lot of shots. Yeah, I felt like they missed a lot of shots. I, I mean, I didn't look at the numbers just now, but it, it felt like Notre Dame had a lot of threes that they missed. Right. And that kind of cost them. And it and it also seems like to me that that was not necessarily one of Virginia's better games no. offensively. I mean, Well, they had just played Louisville the game before that. And, and they scored looked 80, awesome. Or scored and then, 73. Yeah, they looked great. And then in this game, they came out and couldn't make anything. I mean, what was it at the end of regulation? 47 yeah. all or something? And, of so. course, that's the 3-2 to two overtime game that we <laughs> yeah. get to see run back. I would say, for me, the, the challenge that Notre Dame really presents is they can shoot the three at so many different positions. And the stuff that, that Mike Bray runs, you know, 
you really, if you're from an offensive standpoint, if you're Tony Bennett and you're and you're you know you're trying to you know pick your poison here in terms of what the pack line has to play, both Boston College and Notre Dame present problems. It's just Notre Dame's talent is better. Um, you know, a lot of the action that that Boston College runs is really tough to defend. The question is just how well they can execute it. Notre Dame has has good stuff, but has better players. You know, I, you don't. You know, John Mooney, as you mentioned, is a very talented. He's an All ACC guy for a reason. He's a double double machine. He's going to be an interesting cover, I would imagine, for Mamadi Dikite, who I thought did a reasonably good job. I think Virginia did a good job on him uh, in the first game. I feel like he was like three of seventeen. I don't have those numbers. Yeah, in front I'm going to pull it up. While but we're talking. it 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 just seems like to me that the the, the trick for UVA in this game is one. Let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is that there won't be people in the room, right? (laughs) This will be a very odd setting. It will be reminiscent to the closed-door scrimmages that Virginia has played every year for forever since Tony got there, Um, except that this will be an actual game that counts with referees and, you know, media people. And apparently the bands are going to be there, which is just – Anyway, the whole thing. <laughs> While we were looking this up and talking about it, I grabbed the box score for the game, and it took me a second to realize I was looking at the football box score, <laughs> which the score looks about the same. Bryce Perkins was <laughs> – Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, that's how yeah, I heck knew. of a first half. Yeah, and it, the score was pretty much the same. <laughs> so. <laughs> so what So what I'm, I'm interested in, too, in this game is 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 how Diakite defends because we've seen him in recent games, right, He you know whether it's Vernon Carey or what have you. He's taken a real ownership, leadership role um, in terms of – that defense but then too that was a game I thought that Virginia really left a lot out there in terms of not you know just not being able to hit shots yeah and granted that's been a problem for this team all year long but in that stretch I mean you know it was odd for them to to not be able to score um so in the first meeting uh they or the only meeting right. I just like saying the first meeting yeah it's fun uh they UVA was 5 of 20 from 3 19 of 51 from the floor uh Notre Dame 6 of 26 from 3 20 of 61 from the floor. So neither team really shot the ball well. UVA turned it over 13 times. 13. Okay. So okay. so that was after they had that that game where they limited the turnovers. So you could see yeah, a little bit like of a correlation. Seven, I think against Louisville the so, game before that. Right. So you can see the correlation maybe between um, what Virginia's like when they're more efficient in terms of being able to score. They go from scoring 73 to scoring 50 in an overtime situation. Yeah, and I mean neither team really got to the free throw line. Uh, Notre Dame just seven times, UVA 11. It seems like a game where – I mean, honestly, with just looking at the box score, and I do remember watching it, but just looking at the box score, it just looks like a game where one team went down and missed a shot, and the other team went down and it missed a shot. It was very much like that. Yeah, that's it pretty much how the game like, went. I, that is my, my recollection, and that in the overtime, and it being 3-2. to two. Yeah, I mean, UVA shot 37%. Notre Dame shot 32.8. Like, it is just a forgettable day at JPJ. It, it feels like, too, um, I feel like Rex Fluger is probably due for one, right? I, I've covered a... Cover, I feel like I've covered him a bunch, and I don't know, and I don't have the numbers in front of me, so I'm just zero kind of, points against UVA in the first minute right. meeting. Right, <laughs> and then obviously, you know, I just feel like he has always struggled uh, against UVA. Yeah, zero for five from the floor, it, zero for two from three. If if he goes off, as you listen to this tonight, um, you can send your contribution to the Brad Franklin is a uh, genius fund, um, care of uh, CavsCorner.com. But no, I just feel like maybe that's going to be a, a matchup that um, Virginia's going to have to continue to win. Right, like he he's a guy who I think. He doesn't score a lot for them, but he does a lot of the little things. He gets he gets other guys good looks. You know, tonight I thought he he was um, his. You can see his feel for it, um, and certainly you know Prentice Hub has really come on. You know, oh, yeah. middle part into the season, I think he's had a really good run. He that's led be, them in scoring in the first game. He had twelve. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting cover for Kihei Clark in this game. Um, you know, Hub was a guy who 
Virginia recruited pretty hard. Um, and, you know, honestly, if they had wanted to, probably could have made a push there at the end and probably gotten him. Um, but he's a guy, I think, that has really developed as the season has gone on. And so he's, I think that's going to be a, a key matchup. I think for Virginia, the, 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 the possibility of being able to get Huff and Diakite on the floor together, that's going to dictate a lot of not just the matchups, but ju- honestly, just how much, you know, they're able, um, you know, how much, you know, offensively, how much spacing they're able to create. How many minutes do you, if you, if you have it in front of you, how many minutes did Huff play in that first game? Uh, 30, I believe it was. So he, he got a good amount of burn. Yeah. Um, he had, uh, he had eight points in 30 minutes. Mommy actually had a huge game. He had 20 and 41 minutes. Yeah. He was, he was strong that night. And I nobody thought nobody else really did anything. <laughs> yeah. I thought in, in, in hindsight, you know, we were just talking about how, you know, Prentice hub has really come on in recent weeks jay huff certainly has too and i think that's going to be a key for uva in this game is can can he get can he hit some shots from outside he did have nine boards in the first game yeah so i mean that's a that's a that's a difference right this team is just dramatically different when one other dude right if this this is a you know we've talked a lot on this podcast um over the season about how this this virginia team just feels different this is different this is that that's different Here's a here's a consistent thing, right, for Virginia, except for when we had, you know, when we could talk about the big three, right? When we had that uh, element to discuss, we didn't talk about, you know, oh, you need different guys, different nights. This team is a lot like those other Virginia teams of the past where it, you needed that third score. If you could get a third score, you knew they were going to be fine. When this team has that third score, and it's not just Clark and Diakite, it's somebody else, whether that's Braxton Key or whether that's Huff or whether that's Casey Morsell. Walter Tensai, for obviously, um, when they get that other option, they're they're really tough to beat. Preview wise, um, in lieu of a real preview, we're going to use this and, and put some stuff together. Probably as you see on your screen now, and if you're listening to us in a podcast app, feel free to go to castcorner.com. But it it certainly seems like to me this is a game that Virginia should be favored by what two three? What do you, which which are just your guess? I could say maybe a few more than that, maybe like four or five. Hmm. Um, but I mean, like obviously Vegas is probably going to struggle with this with the empty right. stadium yeah. thing. Not that that necessarily would hurt the team they think is better, because I don't think any team really gets an advantage, advantage unless right. somebody's at home. Yeah, I could imagine a team that if they played like forty minutes, you know, full court defense, you know, really needed to feed off the energy in the building, you know. But I would imagine the pack line is going to travel. Yeah, regardless. see, I think that's one of the things, and and I don't think it necessarily this empty stadium thing necessarily helps all the good defensive teams. I think in UVA's case, they have something that they do really, really well. Right. And that's something that I think would translate to any sort of True. environment. True. Um, I mean, obviously, you can have an off night. But I think, you know, there might be teams that, hey, they get out and run really well, so that'll translate. Or right. they shoot the three really well, that'll right. translate. But I think, like, teams that kind of are inconsistent are the ones that might – because those teams are the ones that are probably more likely to need a big spurt to get going. Right. And obviously, you could probably – if I was Vegas, I would just look at teams that are really good at home and say, uh, you know, this might be a problem for them, right? Right. Not having a, some sort of juice in the building. Juice in the building, and and look, let's let's. And we're uh, not talking about the orange, Syracuse orange. Um, that was a bad joke. Sorry. <laughs> let's talk about the the elephant again in the room. So there is not going to be any any fan uh, interaction in this game. Um, how is that going to impact the actual game? You might ask, or you might be thinking. Now, listen, we are recording this podcast right now in a in a hotel room in Greensboro. As of as of we were, you know, that the Nebraska team is apparently being quarantined um because of fred hoiberg and him being ill on the bench so as you listen to this heck who knows what's going to happen we're we're recording this in real time and we're going to do our best um 
But it does seem like to me that one thing that will not be a problem in this game is communication, right? You're going to be able to hear literally everything, right? The calls in the cuddle, the the corrections from the bench, you know, all of it. I'm interested to see what sort of role, if any, that plays. Uh, granted, this might be, you know, gawking at something you very rarely ever see because, I mean, closed-door scrimmages we don't get to see, right? But the idea that, like, you're going to be able, if you're on Virginia's bench, to hear the call, right, and he, and I mean, you could probably hear everything. That's one of the probably one of the reasons why they want to keep the bands is that during TV timeouts, you know, you're not able to just kind of stand around and listen. Um, but I wonder in terms of, you know, communication, that's been something that several players, Casey Morsell has mentioned it, Mamadi Akite has mentioned it, that this season – because they just don't have a lot of guys who have played together for a significant amount of time that they sometimes will get, you know, kind of mixed up in terms of like um, whether they're switching on a screen or not. Right. Um, who's taking who. And that's something that could work against UVA in a sense. Right. Now that you, I didn't really think about it until you mentioned it, but I mean, we've talked about this before. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I know we talked about it off the air that I think UVA gets an advantage at some, in sometimes, um, in the second half, because in the in the first half your defense is playing in front of your bench, and then in the second half your offense is playing in front of your bench. So if you're familiar with JPJ, obviously right. left to right, UVA shoots on the right side in the second half because right. that's where their bench is. Right. So other teams, I think, struggle sometimes because UVA doesn't need that constant bench communication right. when point. they're on defense, but other defenses have lapses because they need constant, like go here do this right. do that this is what they're doing sort of thing and in an empty arena maybe those teams will get that help because everybody will be able to hear the coach right. on the other end of the floor right yeah you can just basically say it all right we let's wrap up here uh with just a quick um you know prediction sort of element um we'll we'll obviously have more in the in the preview around this audio um i, I feel like it you know <laughs> granted the game actually happens um but i feel like virginia wins it um Give me Virginia by four or five uh, feels about right um, to me. I feel like, you know, Virginia has an advantage, one, in the sense that, you know, obviously Notre Dame played tonight, so that's always a little bit better, right, when you're the team that gets the, um, the bye. But then also, too, I, I just feel like even if Virginia's games have been close, it certainly feels like Virginia's the better team, and usually you want to be the better team. What, what's your, uh, your general prediction on this? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I think UVA is the better team. I think – all things being equal with the weird circumstances, I'm going to take the team I think is better, um, and I'll take UVA. Uh, Notre Dame, I, I mean, the fact that they played today, I don't think that's really going to hurt them too much because they didn't really have to labor through the second half, to be quite honest with you. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, like it, they could get dead legs in the second half, but I'll, I'll take the team with a really good defense in, in, a, in a game where they're a little bit more rested. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as the atmosphere and everything, who knows what, what that's going to be like, but... I'll take UVA in a game that, uh, as I said in the show that we did this week, um, I think it would be nice to see them get a little bit of distance at some point. And it's going to come down to shots, I guess, for Notre Dame. If they can get hot, they can stay in the game. But I'd like to see UVA win it by a few possessions if they can do that. And if they can, then then they move on to the semis and they play another game in front of nobody. want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show. Um, Hopefully, again, you hear this audio and the game actually happens tonight. Um, and if not, um, this was a fun, this was a fun excursion, uh, for Justin, yeah, put it in the time camp capsule <laughs> for Justin Ferber and Brad Franklin, publisher of Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.